This morning, we're going to continue looking at David's life and, and kind of a, a recap here. In the first week, we looked at David and Goliath, a young man given the lowly job of being a shepherd and, 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 and doing it as he would unto, unto the Lord. When a lion and a bear came by, he did not hide, he did not cower, he faced that danger. And the word actually says that in the King James that he grabbed the lion and bear by its beard. Mm. I love it, right? That, it, that to me is no fear. I love watching animal shows. I was watching one yesterday of this massive lion. And when these lions stand on their hind feet and they stand up, they can be as tall as 10 feet tall. 600 pounds of muscle, fangs, big teeth, that when they bite into the back of a buffalo, they can actually sever its spinal cord. That's how powerful these animals are. And David, a 20-something-year-old, 5-foot, 8-inch, 150-pound kid, grabbed a lion by its beard and slayed it. That was not done in David's own strength. It was done in God's. So then we get into the next the, the next week and we look at we look at David's life and everything that David does, everything that David touches ends successfully. And and I truly believe that's because God is with David in every facet of his life at this point. And I believe David gets up in the morning. I don't know, it doesn't say it, but I believe David got up every morning and said, Okay, God, you're running the show. What do we got today? What are we doing today? Hey, you know, yesterday was a bear. The day before that was a lion. Then we had Goliath. We went ahead and took care of that. Then we had the 200 Philistines that I went ahead and took care of. What do you got for me today? Right? So we're going to look in second, in First Samuel, and we're going to be in verse 24. In verse 4, it says, The men said, This day the Lord spoke, and when he said to you, I will give you your enemy into your hands for you to deal with as you wish. And David crept up unnoticed and cut off the corner of Saul's robe. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, I come to you this morning. Father, I pray that I would decrease. I pray that you would increase. Father, I pray that my words would not be spoken, yours would. Holy Spirit, go before me. Prepare the hearts and minds of the people that are here to hear it. Help us to grow and learn and learn more about you. In your name we pray, amen and amen and amen. So you have this, this David, so up, at, up to this point, he is a fearless leader, right? He's, he's afraid of nothing. Um, lions, tigers, bears, oh my, David's not afraid. Uh, Goliath, giants, not a problem for him. Philistine armies, no worries. He is, he is in total trust in God in everything that he does and in everything that he's done up to this point has been successful. And now he's even been given the opportunity to sneak up behind the king without him even noticing and he could take his life right there. And even his friends are telling him, hey, <laughs> this is your time. It's your time to shine. This is it. God put this before you. Go get him. Crush it. Do it. Right? You have your friends behind you cheering you on. How many of you can do really dumb things with your friends cheering you on from behind? I could tell you story after story after story. I'll tell you a story about my son. My son is 14 years old, so he's at that magical age. Right? Where you just you want to push him out of a moving vehicle. 
right? It's the last thing you want to do is spend your day with a 14-year-old boy. I promise. It's the last thing you want to do. So this kid is in all of his glory, and he's at a friend's house, and they're playing catch with a Frisbee, and the Frisbee goes on the roof of the house. My son, in all of his brilliance, looks up and says, I could get it. The owner of said house, the other man, the young man that my son is hanging out with, another teen who doesn't have a brain in his head either, these two decide that it would be a good idea to get on the roof of the house. The father of this young man thought it was a good idea as well. Some of us never grow up. Right? So convinces my son to go up on the roof. He gets to Frisbee, he throws the Frisbee off. Then, in all of his brilliance, my son decides not to use the ladder to get down. I can jump from here and land on the deck. It's doable. He's a 14-year-old boy. Did I tell you he left his brain at home? I guarantee you he did. He jumped, his friends are cheering, yeah, go, 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 go. He jumps off the roof. He lands on the deck, shears the bolts on the deck. The whole deck goes, <coughs> my phone rings. Owner of said house says, hey, when are you coming over to fix my deck? Your son just broke it. How does a 14-year-old break an entire deck? What in the world? How does he do this? This is crazy. Have you ever done something stupid because your friends are cheering you on? I can promise you if you're a man in the room, you have. You have. I don't know about girls. I can't speak for you. I didn't live in your shoes. I can promise you as a boy, yes. Ramps were built with friends cheering in the background, <laughs> right? I mean, this is, this is the truth. So David has this opportunity. He's, he's, we're going to, all right, let's just read the next set of verses. 1 Samuel 24, verse 6 through 9. He said to his men, the Lord forbid that I should do such a thing to my master, the Lord's anointed, or, or lay my hand on him, for he is the anointed of the Lord. With these words, David sharply rebuked the men and did not allow them to attack Saul. And Saul left the cave and went on his way. In verse 8, then David went out, out of the cave and called to Saul, my lord and king. When Saul looked around behind him and saw David, bowed down, prostrated himself onto the ground and said, why do you listen to these men when they say David is bent on harming you? Can you imagine the guy you're hunting the person that you're looking for. You find a cave and you go into this cave. And then you leave the cave. To your knowledge, there's only one entrance to this cave. You take a couple steps out and the guy you're looking for is hollering at you from behind you. Imagine being in Saul's shoes right now. And David comes out and holds up that piece of his robe. It's kind of like when you're a kid and nanny, nanny, boo, boo, right? He's rubbing his nose in it. See, David at this point is trying to convince Saul to leave him alone. <laughs> Let me be. I don't, I won't hurt you. Look. I had the opportunity. I could have easily taken care of this. I could have ended it all right there. This is simple. This is a simple thing. But God doesn't want me to. 
Again, we go back to the way David was living his life up to this point. David did nothing without God. And God told him no, he listened. Obedient. David's trying to convince Saul, I'm innocent. I'm an innocent man. I didn't, I'm not doing what other people are claiming. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been in that place where, 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 where people think because you're this, you must be this? David, David was guilty of cutting off a piece of king, the king's robe but that was it. That was as far as his guilt went. But, and I know that if you go to church, you've been in that place where, where people that don't understand what goes on, on inside these buildings, and they, 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 the outside world thinks, oh, well, you're a Christian, you must be this way. You must be that. Right? You must, you must not like Oh, you must, oh, you go to church, you must be a Republican. Last time I checked, Jesus was neither. Okay? Last time I checked, this doesn't say anything about politics. When Jesus was asked about political things, he shooted away. He was asked about paying taxes, he walked up to on a beach and bent down and took a piece of silver out of a fish's mouth. said, here, it's so important to you there. <clears throat> but, peop, but, but, but sometimes, sometimes, sometimes we, get, we get looked at differently and they don't know. They don't, they don't, they, they don't know. See, Saul didn't know that David wasn't going to do anything that God did not guide and direct him to do. And moving ahead into verse 10 and 11, it says, This day you have seen with your own eyes how the Lord has delivered you into my hands in the cave. Saul, listen to me. You've seen it yourself now. God put you on a platter he delivered you to me on a platter. Some urged me to kill you, but I spared you. And I said, I will not lay my hands on my Lord because he is the Lord's anointed. You see, my father, look at this piece of your robe in my hand. I cut off the corner of your robe, but it did not kill you. See, there's nothing in my hand to indicate that I am guilty of wrongdoing or rebellion. I have not wronged you, but you are hunting me down to take my life. Sometimes in this life, in this world, we are going to be a little bit like Saul. Sometimes we're going to be a little bit like David. Sometimes we're going to be the people that are going to prejudge. You know, that's a that's a nasty word nowadays. But all that means is you looked at a situation and you made a judgment without having full knowledge of what somebody's going through. 
when you word it like that, it changes the way I feel about feeling that way. Because I don't want people to judge me without knowing me. Right? So I don't want to do the same thing. You see, Saul right now, Saul right now is judging David, and he doesn't have all the information. He doesn't have all of the stuff that he needs to understand what David is and what he's going through and what God is preparing him for. I don't know that I would have been as kind as David. I may have thrown the piece of the scrap of his robe at him. I may have accidentally just cut a little piece of his leg. Took a little hunk. A little sliver. Oops. I don't know that I would have been as good as David. I honestly don't. I, 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 if I can be completely transparent with you this morning, I may have been that guy that had been like... <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. But I know this. I know I know that David was in turmoil because of Saul. David was on the run constantly. He was constantly being chased, hunted. He was constantly in trouble. And all he did was what God wanted him to do. Life ever been that way to you? Feels unfair, right? I mean, it does. It just kind of feels cheap. Don't do that. Don't do, don't, don't, don't do that part of it. Let me jump ahead. In, in, in chapter five, 25, David marries Abigail, a widow of Nabal. Um, she's really smart. She's beautiful. And her and David, They're together, and then in verse 26, verse 7, so David and Abishai went into the army by night. So you got Saul and his army, and you got David, and they, they, they sneak into their camp. They walk right in. Gutsy move. Right? That's, that's, I'm going to walk right into where all your army is, where they're sleeping. And if you read, it says, And there was Saul lying asleep inside the camp with his spear stuck in the ground near his head. Abner and, the shoulders, and his soldiers were lying around him. Abishai said to David, Today, here we go again, his friends cheering him on. Today, God has delivered your enemy into your hands. Now let me pin him to the ground with one thrust of a spear. I won't strike him twice. He's going into detail. Look, I, I'm going to do this quick. We're going to end this. This is finally over. But David said to him, don't destroy him. Who can lay a hand on the Lord's anointed and be guiltless? As surely as the Lord lives, he said, the Lord himself will strike him. For his time will come, or he will die, or he will go into battle and perish. But the Lord forbid that I should lay a hand on the Lord's anointed. Now get the spear and water jug that are near his head. Let's go. 
Sometimes in this life, we're going to be going along and it is going to feel like God has delivered into your hands your enemy. Your nemesis, the bane of your existence, whatever that might be, whomever that might be, it may feel like you, oh, thank you, Jesus. You've gifted this to me. Now I can take it. Here's the thing about David. He was listening. He was listening to God's voice. And he was obedient to what God was calling him to do. Sometimes it may feel like we need to push the fast forward button. Sometimes we in the, on, on this earth, we think, oh, let's, oh, this is it. This is the open door. Let me walk through it. This is, the, this is oh, that window's ajar. Let me, let me wiggle my way through that window. Because God opened that door, God opened that window, when in all reality, we're not listening to God's voice and we're not listening to what he's telling us and what he's calling us to do. And David, in this moment, I'm certain, had to have questioned, maybe, maybe God has put this before me. Maybe, maybe, maybe they're right. What, what, if, what if they're hearing from God and I'm not? What if what I think is wrong, what they're saying is right? What if, what, what, what? Sometimes we get bad advice. Sometimes. Sometimes. Sometimes we look at opportunities as, as gifts from God without asking God if it's for us. Sometimes, sometimes we need to ask God, God, is this for me? And then here's the key. We have to listen. Not to the noise around us. Because that's, a lot of times, let's just be honest, we as people, we make a lot of noise. We do. And sometimes we give great advice. I, I, I was a psych nurse, worked in a, in a psych office, and you would think that every day that I went home, I would walk out and think, I gave those people some great advice. They're going to go home, and right? The next time they come in, they're going to tell me, you gave me the best advice in the whole wide world. You fixed my problems. Guess what? <laughs> it doesn't always work. Sometimes... Sometimes we get bad advice from our friends who want the best for us. I, I, I don't think these people that are giving David advice are trying to lead him down the wrong path. Look, this guy's hunting you. Here's your chance. Knucklehead, finish it. God, won't you do it? God keeps laying him in your path. God keeps putting a sleeping Saul, right? You don't even have to fight him. We don't even have to argue. We don't even have to say a word. You can just walk up, kill him, and it's over. I can see how this makes sense. I can see how, how easily David could have been swayed by the people that he trusted that thought they were giving him good advice. 
The key to it, the key to it, listening. Listening. I've known my wife for, well, I was 15 and now I'm old, so 30, 30 some years. Been married 33 years. When I first met my wife, I talked on, those of you who know me and as you get to know me will find this fascinating. I spoke on the phone to my wife for over an hour. I don't have an hour's worth of words to speak on the phone to anybody. I dislike it immensely, but I, would, I was willing to do it because I wanted to hear her voice. Her voice gave me comfort. Just hearing her voice. And I remember coming home, and I would just couldn't wait to get home to pick up the phone and dial 733-3178. And, and, and her, her mom would sometimes answer, and it would be like, oh. Your mom, of course, was a normal person and didn't like me much. So <laughs> the first time I called her, it was after 8 p.m. Her mother answered the phone and said, well, it's after 8 p.m. You can't talk to her, and hung up. But I guarantee you that I know my wife's voice. I guarantee it. Wrap blindfold around me. Take my eyes out. You can take a spoon and spoon them out of my face. Put my wife in front of me and have her say one word, and I would know that it was her. I don't need to see her to know what I'm speaking. And that's because her and I have been together for 30 dating, 36. Do you know God's voice? Do you know when the Holy Spirit, He doesn't always, sometimes the Holy Spirit will yell at me. <laughs> hey, Mikey, quit it. Right? Sometimes it's obvious. Sometimes the Holy Spirit is like, all right, got it. <laughs> okay. But sometimes it's just a still small voice. Can you still hear it? Are you listening? Are you listening? And then, here comes the hardest part of all. Obedience. Obedience. I can hear it all day long. But if I'm not obedient, if I don't, if I don't know His voice, and I don't hear it, that's one problem. But if I'm hearing it, and I'm ignoring it, that's a whole other issue altogether. God is calling us, every one of us. You know why? Because this time on earth, if we're lucky, we'll see 100 years old. Might get interviewed on a TV station on your 100th birthday. That's how lucky you will be to make it to 100. You have 100 years on this earth impact the people we know and love. Convince them that he is the only one. I don't want to put a sense of urgency where there shouldn't be, but can I tell you this? There is, and there should be. God is calling each and every one of us to do what? I don't know. I'm not in your world, and I'm not in your head. But if you're not listening, 
or you're hearing it, you're ignoring it. Can I challenge you this morning to ask yourself every morning, God, what do you have for me today? What does today bring? What giant will I face today? First Samuel 26, 25, and Saul said to David, may you be blessed. David, my son, you will go and do great things and surely triumph. So David went on his way, and Saul returned home. David could have easily taken Saul's life on multiple occasions. David could have easily listened to the cheering crowd, to our friends who are supposed to have our back, that are supposed to help us guide and stay on the right path. He could have listened to any of that noise, but he didn't because he could still hear God's voice and God telling him what to do and not to do. And at this point in David's life, he's been obedient. He's been exactly what God wanted him to be in those moments. The world, when David was getting ready to fight Goliath, the world tried to tell him, you need to dress like someone else. You need to be someone else before you go do this. Put on Saul's armor. And David said, no, I got to be me. I can't go out there and have the weight of everything else holding me down. God's calling me to be me and to take on Goliath as I will. And he listened, and he heard, and he was obedient. He didn't listen to the noise around him. He didn't listen to the king trying to tell him, you need to be, you need to be girded up differently. You see, sometimes in this life, this world, the people of it will tell you, no, you don't need to do that. You need to be different first. Be better first. Allow me to fix this part of my life, God, and then I will start to tell people about you. Because if not, they'll know that I'm a sinner and a hypocrite. I've got to keep that to myself. God, let, I will fix this first. And then. So convincing until you realize that God is not asking you to take a bath before you take a shower. He's not asking you to get clean before you do work. You know, I've got a couple of people in here who do dirty jobs, right? Mechanic, shop, shop mechanic. My son-in-law said something when he came in about wonderful. He said, I said, this, you guys are kindred spirits. He's a diesel mechanic. He goes, oh, I could tell by his hands. I could tell by his hands. church, can they tell? Can they tell by your hands? Can they tell by, 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 by looking? Sometimes, sometimes it feels like God is leading us in a direction and our friends are cheering us on. We're feeling it, and it's like, yeah, I am David. And this guy is out to get me. And God delivered him right here to me. 
don't know. How do you tell the difference? How do you know when you're supposed to fight when you're not? How do you know? When will you know? God give that to you in the morning. I would love to have a burning bush in my backyard that is non-consumable. That I could just go out and take my shoes off and step on holy ground and kneel down and have, okay, God, what do I do next? And have him give me a point by point. I would need a PowerPoint, please and thank you. I need, okay, I need you to brush your teeth, then go to the bathroom, then eat this, then do this, then do that. Thank you, Jesus. I would walk away, and I would walk like this all day long doing exactly what God said. Wouldn't that be nice? Church, he does that for us. In so many different ways, in so many different... He's never going to be silent when you need him to speak. There's a country song that said, Sometimes I thank God for unanswered prayers. Garth Brooks sings it. I don't believe that. I don't believe there is such a thing as an unanswered prayer. I believe either he answers yes or he answers no. And sometimes when we don't like no, we call it unanswered. Well, I'm, I'm waiting to hear what God has to say. When God already told you no. Or he already told you yes. He already told you to go, do, move, let's do this. And you're like, I'm waiting on God to give me guidance, open the door. Are you listening? And then, and then the hard part. Are we being obedient? I want to be like David up to this point. I want to be obedient. I want everything that I do to work out in God's favor. Notice how I said that? I want everything to work out in God's favor. I don't want everything to work out in Mike's favor. Although that would be nice. Right? God and I have this conversation. I say, God, I will drag as many people to heaven as I possibly can if you just give me $1 billion. One, be with a billion. B, not million. I want B, billion. If he gives me a billion dollars, I'll be able to drag as many. I'll buy them. I'll give you $5 each to come to church every Sunday. But my plan isn't always as good as his. Am I being obedient? Am I listening? Am I hearing? And then am I obedient? I've asked my daughter to come and sing for us this morning. Um, she's going to do that now. I, church, are you being obedient to what God is calling for you? Or are we listening too much to the noise around us? It might sound like good advice. It might sound like great. I read these, read this, and I think, how in the world did David refrain? It was too easy. ask you this morning this week as you go listen
praise with me this morning.
week as you go. Praise his name. Listen for his voice. And then be obedient. Follow God's call. Chase after him. And God will turn everything into good. Heavenly Father, God, we come to you this morning and we give you all the praise and the glory and the honor for the amazing things that you've done for us in the past for the things that you've done today and for the things that you have for us in the future. Father, I pray, pray a blessing and a benediction on this service. I pray, Father, that you go with each person as they walk out those doors into the world so that they might, people might see them and know just by looking at us that we're different. God, give us your wisdom as to when to speak when to be silent, when to act, when to stay still. Give us the ability to hear your voice and to follow your direction. And give us the strength to be obedient. Be with us as we go. Give us your strength and power. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen and amen. Church, God be with you this week. Listen for his voice and be obedient. Love you guys.